Hey, my name is Ken Russell. I'm a City of Miami Commissioner, and I'm here to help you better understand your local government. Hey there, this is Miami Commissioner Ken Russell, and we are talking about St. Albans Children's Enrichment Center. My guest here today is going to tell us all about this wonderful institution, its history in Coconut Grove, and how it serves our community. So good morning. How are you? Great. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much, Dr. Burkhalter. Could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about St. Albans, please? Hi, I'm Dr. Shmika Burkhalter, and I'm the executive director for St. Albans Child Enrichment Center. St. Albans has been around now for 71 years in the Coconut Grove community, and it's about serving children ages zero to five, as well as working with their families to really help them with any kind of goals or issues that they may have going on. How many kids uh, go to St. Albans? 134 children are at our Coconut Grove location. Wow. And do all of them <laughs> live within the community within? Most of our children, yep. Most of our children are from the Coconut Grove community. And what's so special about St. Albans is that it's generations. We have teachers that have been here for 40 years that know the grandparent, the parent, and now they're working with that child as well. So like they really know the history of the families that come here to the school. So is this a preschool or a daycare? What exactly are the services offered? So we provide early childhood education. So we have our zero to two-year-olds where we're really providing early Head Start programs there and really helping them with their developmental process. And then we have our classrooms that are dedicated to our three to five-year-olds. And so from there, we do voluntary pre-kindergarten. We offer those services. We also offer Head Start. So it's really ensuring that they're meeting the developmental and educational milestones before they go to kindergarten. How much does this cost the parents who need the service? It is at no cost to the parents because of all the programs that we provide here that really cover the cost for them. So completely free for our families. So tell me what this does for a family when, when they're able to have childcare, even at one year old or under, how is this serving the community? Who is this helping? It's helping those that are working and even those that are not working and really trying to find a job. Because truly, if you're a family where you're trying to find work, you're first trying to figure out where am I going to put my child? And there are some programs that are in place within our community where you must have a job. And that becomes a conflict. So the fact that we're not looking at you to have a job to be able to place your child, that helps them to now have that time to go out in the community and find work. And for our working families, they know that their children are taken care of. We're providing the education, but we're also providing breakfast, lunch, and a snack. And some of our families are very well and they're able to provide those things. And we have those families where like they struggle. And so knowing that they have a place for their child to go and receive those services is just a weight lifted off of them that they're not having to worry about. So, I mean, this, this goes to a deeper conversation about just societal needs and breaking cycles mm -hmm. uh, where I, I don't know how to put this, 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 uh, this correctly, but we've, Miami is one of the most unaffordable cities in the entire country, right? Yes. It costs more here than any other city in the country, a greater percentage of people's rent, I mean, of, of their salary to pay their rent. Mm -hmm. And so it is nearly impossible for a couple to have only one of them working and being able to afford their rent or mortgage. And if it's a single parent, of course, they've got to work. 
just to put food on the, on the yes. table, much less pay the rent. So childcare, even at under one year old, is, is crucial. But this isn't a service that's regularly offered in our, in our normal education system. So how do you all, uh, how are you all funded? How do you all do this? We work with various programs. So it's definitely not just one program that's funding St. Albans. We're working with the United Way. So they have our early Head Start program. So our zero to two-year-olds. So we're partnering with them. We partner with the county to provide the Head Start program that we serve for our three to five-year-olds. We have the city of Miami. We have funding from the city of Miami. We also have funding during the summer from the Children's Trust to ensure that our children are, have a place to go during the summer. And various other grants that we really write for, Episcopal um, Church provides funding. So we are really constantly reaching out to figure out how can we be funded so that our parents can provide, so that our parents can be provided services at no cost. Yeah. And so the kids, obviously, they don't know that you're pulling this all together <laughs> all. from a patchwork and maybe the parents don't either. But this seems like a Herculean effort every year to meet every your year. budget and yes. pull from so many sources. What, why isn't this more a standard and regularly funded part of our education system? Because people don't really see the zero to five-year-olds as early childhood education. They view it as daycare that people are dropping off their children and we're just playing with them. And that's not what's happening. We're doing assessments to really ensure that the children are developing appropriately. And if not, we reach out to organizations to provide in-house services for those children, whether it's occupational therapy, speech therapy, all those things can be going on on site or we walk our children to Tucker Elementary that's behind us for those services. We're looking at their vision and they're here and we're looking at their social and emotional growth. So we are not babysitting. We are educating our children. It's just that as a society, we don't really view education until the child enters kindergarten. Got it. And so obviously this is serving not only the parents who need this service so that they can put food on the table, pay the rent. Yeah. This is also giving kids a good start uh, early on. This is really important for, for me to allow residents to see, you know, sort of pull back the curtain on a community. Because if you were to drive down Grand Avenue uh, in West Coconut Grove and see that how many of the buildings have been demolished, how many people have been evicted yes. over the last few years, you might be mistaken to think there's nobody left, mm -hmm. uh, that there's nothing worth fighting for, that there's nothing worth supporting. And just the fact that you've got over 100 kids there from the local neighborhood should tell everybody that there is such a community and fabric of a neighborhood that is worth investing in, um, supporting and, and, uh, and keeping here and intact. Uh, and of course, well-educated. And, and, and so you, you obviously play a crucial role because if these kids don't get the right start or these parents don't get uh, the time they need to go and take care of business, this is that cycle that I was talking about. Yes. That a service like yours can really help break. Mm -hmm. This isn't charity or a handout. This is a, a necessary service that we should be providing to communities, especially communities of need. And so I, I congratulate you for finding the way to put this all together. So how, how did you get started in this? I got started. I came to know Early Head Start about five years ago when I worked with the Early Learning Coalition. So that's how I learned about Early Head Start. And I was doing 
the health portion of the program, really ensuring that children were getting their physicals, their immunizations, their dental visits. And I was sitting on the board for this organization, St. Albans. And so when the previous executive director left, they looked at me and they're like, we really think you're a great fit. And so I moved into this role and I'm loving it. I truly, I understand the purpose and the need. And based upon like my career, I started when I got out of college working at a prison. And so I remember talking to those male inmates about their children that were out here in the community. And then I began working with teenage girls in an alternative school. And I've kind of like worked my way backwards when it comes to my career, because it truly starts at this age. This is when they're learning. This is when the most growth happens. And if we can somewhat change that trajectory between the ages of zero and five, not only just for that child, but also for that family, because we have social service workers here that are working with these families, helping them with their goals. It's not just drop off your child. We have them, we have a meeting tomorrow where our parents are engaged and what's happening in the school. Where, what are the assessments looking like? Because we want them to learn now to be involved in their child's education so that as they leave St. Albans, because at some point their child will leave, that they don't feel like they don't have a voice in what's happening with their child. If somebody's seeing this for the first time that doesn't, uh, wasn't familiar with St. Albans and they're interested to learn more or they want to help, how can they do that? We have a website, stalbanschildcare.org, or they can give me a call at 305-443-1234, extension 112. We are open to anyone that would like to learn more, would like to volunteer. We create all different kinds of ways that people can be a part of who St. Albans is. And even with the pandemic, we're still making accommodations and figuring out new and innovative ways that people can still feel like they're a part of the organization, even if they can't be on site the way that they would like to be. Yes. And, and so you also operate as a 501c3, I assume. Yes. So you yes, are, are able to accept donations as well, yes. right? Yes, sir. Uh, and so if somebody wants to give, is that, is that the website is the best way the to website, do that? Website, yes. It's there on our website to be able to give financially. And if you could say it one more time for those who are poised on the edge of their seat with a pencil waiting with bated breath www.stalbanschildcare.org. A-L-B-A-N-S. Yes. Childcare.org. St. Albans Childcare.org. That's amazing. Thank you for everything you do for the community. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us so, or, or, or teach us as local residents and businesses and stakeholders uh, what we should know about St. Albans or how we can help? We're really taking care of our community, but particularly these children they're innocent. They don't understand the financial struggles that they're in. They just come to school ready to learn and have fun. And it's about investing and who's gonna be here for the next generation or two to come. And so, yes, we're the adults and we're trying to figure it out, but it's also preparing these little ones because they're gonna be sitting here in my seat as the executive director, we're gonna be bringing up commissioners. So what are we doing now to prepare our lives because these children are going to be the ones that are, are going to be taking care of us when we're older. It's true. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. <laughs> yes. I, I might have heard that somewhere. I might have <laughs> yes. stolen that from Whitney. Thank you so much, Dr. Burkhalter. I really 
love and appreciate everything that you do for the community. Taking care of our kids is so important and that also helps take care of parents too. So thank, thank you. you. Take care, good luck. You too, thank you.